Hello and welcome to another episode of Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have an excellent show today. Just like every Sunday, really. We have James Levine, casting agent, director, writer, producer. He'll be on here soon. Teacher. He works out of On Your Mark Studios. And his studio is called Action Studios. James Levine is going to be a great guest today. Linda Palmer, second part of the hour, is going to be here today. Writer, producer, director. I saw her film over there at, at uh, the Sholo Film Festival. I had a great time. Can't wait to talk to her about her films. I also met her at the party later on that night. Had a great time with Tymaine Clay from, from uh, One of the Fewer Breaks. So how's been your week? How's your week been? What have you guys been up to? Famous question, right? If you want to let us know, give us a call right now. We're at 515-602-9609. Give us a call. You got questions? Our people have the answers. And that's what we want. You know, one of the reasons why we bring on guests like James Levine and Linda Palmer is so that they can give you their their brain space on how do they get to this to the place in their lives where they where they can be happy. You notice I didn't say successful, right? Now they are successful, but I meant happy, right? Very, very important. That's why we bring guests like that in. So have you guys watched anything cool this week? I can only talk about one show, and that is The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian is an awesome show. It's on Disney+. Plus. They showed uh, episode two. Was it yesterday? And God, it just reminds me so much of samurai flicks and uh, spaghetti westerns of the old. This episode, I don't want to. I don't want spoiler alert here. But it's a lot, lot, lot like like uh, the show uh, or the manga or the movie, which is Lone Wolf and Cub, about the samurai that has his child with him the entire time. Very, very similar. But very well done. I think they should really just give the entire bracket to John Favreau and see what he can do with it. G.J. Abrams did a great job. Uh, I'm super proud of him. But now I'm looking forward to you know, something fresh, something new. And uh, I'd say John Favreau is, is that, that person. What do you think? Do you like The Mandalorian? 
is John Favreau that that type of person? Is he going to be like the new builder of Star Wars? Give us a call. 515-602-9609. I think he is. That's just my comment. All right, let's bring young James in here. Hello, James. Good morning. Oh, wow. Hey, wow. Hey. No, no, please. No, no. Oh, it's all for you, man. They normally don't do this. They don't, they don't do this for everybody. I'm telling you. Come on. Oh, no, that's too much. That's too much. Keep going. Keep going. Don't, don't, don't stop. Don't, don't, stop Hello, now. don't stop now. Hey, my friend. How, how are you doing? Hey, how are you? Very, very good. You know, I've been wanting to get on here for a very long time. Now that we have you on here, let's let's talk a little bit about the, about the past. You've been working for a long time in Hollywood. You were working with casting for twenty years. You were in writing. Yes. You've been producing. You've been you've been acting for a very long time. Now, now, what gave All you the day. itch? <laughs> now, what gave you the itch to get, to get here? <laughs> uh, you know what? Honestly, it's uh, I haven't had that question in a long time. What? How, how did I start this? I went to. Um, Emerson in Boston, and I graduated yeah. before before you were born. No. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I we're dating ourselves now. In the early '80s, I I came here as an actor after yeah. having studied that, and I um, was really lucky. Things started going well right away, and I did that for for some time. And um, I I didn't come here initially to do the things I ended up doing. Really? I, um, yeah, I mean, I never thought about being a casting director, and I, I actually never wanted the job of director. <laughs> wow! In front of the, in front of the camera, uh, and those other things just kind of evolved. That, that's know? interesting. I, I told you before, you know, you're such a natural as a director. To, to think that you have, that you didn't foresee yourself being a director is kind of, kind of interesting. There. That job, that job terrified me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I wow. Didn't that, I didn't want all that <laughs> responsibility, really. Uh, sure. I just wanted to come in and do my thing in front of the camera and, and go home. Um, right. But, I, but once I started doing that, I felt that's what I was really meant more, more to do. And I was, I was happier there than, than anything else. And, was, there a, was there a particular uh, job that, that, that kind of like edged you in that direction or that made you feel like, okay, this is, this is where I need to be? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I fell into casting um, because um, there wasn't Uber when I got here, so I had to bartend. You mean the old the old Uber, right? Yeah, that's right. So so that option wasn't available as as an actor's side gig, and uh, so I bartended for ten years until I burnt out on that and uh, and fell 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 into casting uh, assisting, you know, running camera and you know running casting sessions. Sure. After a few year few years, and then I started. Uh, my own my own um, casting company and, and in in casting that's how I started to really directing that's right how, that 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 led to directing because I was directing actors all day and I the repetition of that and enjoying that um, made me start just making my own projects right but the whole time you wanted to be an actor yourself did you not Oh yeah, I still I still do some acting. Um, yeah, you know, uh, every time I get out, they pull me back. 
<laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you go out there, when you go out there and you direct, I mean, you're basically acting for your direct, your for your actors out there, aren't you? Interesting. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I like to think that I think as an actor while I'm directing. Right. You know. Um, so I, uh, I feel that I can communicate to actors because I know how I like to be communicated to or right. with when I'm when I'm when I'm performing. So right. part of it is, is just communication and language and um, the ability to get ideas across and exchange, you know, information. Right. So you know the language yeah. of the people you're talking to. It's very important information. And that you can be concise with it, really. That's, right. that's, the, that's the key, that you can communicate quickly on both sides of the camera. Is, right. It's is so, so key because right. they really... You know, you know, when you're shooting something, that's not the time to collaborate or <laughs> really think right, right. Time, <laughs> discussing things. <laughs> you know, right. There's no time for for discussion. In a few words, you have to get someone to deliver what you need um, or what we need to have happen here, and and right. then continue continue to adjust that and make that um, you know successful and, and, and work. Right. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's those skills, I guess. But, you know, I just also, I have fun. I like to have fun doing it. <laughs> that's the point, right. too. Is I, I think that's, that's the key difference is sometimes people just take all the fun out of it. And, right. And, uh, you know, we do, I do this because I love doing it and because, you know, it's, it's a great career. But I right. but I have fun doing it. You you have to enjoy this. If you're not having fun, neither, neither is anybody else. You know, who's well, watching it. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I've I've worked in Hollywood my entire life, and and the only place that I've ever found as much compassion, I would say, in a mainstream level, was in casting. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ooh. when I walked into when I walked on, you know, you know all these different studios like, you know, ocean park and what have you and on your mark studios, you know, they had a great amount of compassion for actors. Whereas in other fields, they didn't really care that much. Uh, They just kind of flew them away. Kind of like a Hitchcock's old mentality that, uh, that actors are just cattle. But in casting, I, I, I I found that they really take care of their crew. Do you find that to be true? Most, <laughs> yeah, yeah. M- most people in in casting either are, are currently actors also, or or right. were, or or are very closely related to. So the empathy for having to get to an audition or whatever it is right. that um, you know, I, whenever people are working for me, I try to um, you know allow for for what they're really here for. Um, and and people, nobody. Um, goes to school for casting. There, there isn't right. a really, really a school for casting. Right. There's no major you, you, in you, casting. No, there isn't really. And it's funny because we're maybe talking about something like that uh, nice. project right now. Um, and just to get a more formal education in how to, how to be a casting director, because there's, of there's a lot of inform- information you know, you need to know, schedules, right. et cetera, that, uh, there isn't really a formal place to, to get that. You fall into it while you're doing something else, and people people start casting because somebody gave them something to cast, and they just did it well, and right. they asked them to do do that again. Um, so <laughs> casting, yeah, casting doesn't have an official 
um, place to learn it. And, um, and people often do it just by the, the that requirement is for that project. Well, you, um, you, you think the same thing that, that you teach. I mean, you teach this very thing, the same, the same thing that I think, yeah. which is uh, the real directing is in casting. Because once you have a great cast, yeah. I mean, you have a great film, is it not? Sure. Um, I, my, my favorite quote is, directing is something you only have to do if you made a mistake in casting. Right. That's it. Right. Yeah, it, it is. What, what, what do directors want? They want to pick well. And then wind those people up and let them do their thing. Well, you can think about everything else you need on, to, to worry about on the, on the day of shooting. Um, right. So if you if you have doubt about that cast on the day, right. it's going to be scary. Uh, and it is not a perfect art. Um, there is you can never know if an actor truly, if you don't haven't worked with them before, if they're going to do the same thing they did in the callback uh, on the set. Right. You know, they're going to deliver that <laughs> as needed <laughs> then. So it's some of the excitement of it, and, and, and it's real, and it's, it's live uh, that right. day. Uh, right. You know? It, uh, yeah, so... It's full of energy uh, that day, and then what's going to happen on shooting day is the question, right? True, yeah. And But in, in your first question there, in casting and its relationship to, to actors, right. um, only other actors understand what it's like to be an actor right i, I believe uh there's so much uh pain involved in it there's so much rejection <laughs> there's so much so much uh, imposed suffering self-imposed suffering <laughs> right right <laughs> uh, and so the the compassion that, that you mentioned uh, can only come right. from having lived it having lived <laughs> that <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you do you feel like that's that's and also also teaching from, from your, your guys levels as well yeah. because not a lot of people who work in the industry also teach in an industry as well yeah. now you know you run action studios and you teach you you teach as well now, that's teaching. something that's yeah that's something that i find that to be kind of rare in, in the world because there's not a lot of like production classes or directing yeah. classes. I mean, I mean the, the directors just give, but you're giving off yeah. classes. So tell me about how you came up with that idea and where you're going with that. Um, I, I've always loved teaching. Um, I, um, I felt when I studied and I, when, when I studied acting, I studied everywhere. Um, what I really wanted to know was how, how do you, how do I get a job? Um, I wanted to know what, casting was thinking what they were doing and what was going on on the other side of the camera. And, um, and that was the most valuable part to me. I felt like when I started teaching, what I wanted to be able to relate was the mysteries, you know, on the other side of the camera that the actors don't know. They don't understand the process. It's just too mysterious as to how they're selected. So um, I felt like right. that was something different that I could that I could bring to demystify that. So I, I I do a lot of things. I write, I I cast, I produce, and I, I, I teach regular classes. Um, and I love the, that part of it. <laughs> well, right. I work one on one one on one with actors a lot, um, and I like seeing the light bulb go go off when they go, oh that's. Oh, that's why. That's how. That's how people work. Right. That's how they work all right. the time. And, and and I learned that in casting. I, I became a better actor when I started became a casting director. I, when I saw how and why people were getting hired all the time, 
it, that right. changed me as an actor. And I'm, and I love that I can relate that to other actors who, um, well, who, 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 who may be really close all the time. They're just they're not bringing it. They're not really home. getting it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I found that to be very interesting that, that, you know, I've listened to a couple of your classes and it's very interesting that the, the tools and tips you give people are not things that are out of the realm of understanding, but, but for some reason they have to be told to people. Yeah. Some, some things have to be unlearned also. Yeah. And that can be the hardest thing. Some, unfortunately, some people get some really, um, um, on non, non-productive, yeah, mm. non-productive ideas <laughs> that, uh, right. that, that, that can just be their obstacle. It can be, right. you know, that may be, may be what's in their way. And right. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just, can you give me an example yeah. of some, like some, like, ri- like ridiculous notes that, that, that somebody <laughs> might have like that you've heard, that you've heard in the past? <laughs> uh, oh man. I, yeah. I, I just don't want it to sound uh, recognizable to some other uh, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I don't even want to recognize yeah. that person. Let's talk about the away. positive yeah, then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, so let's okay, stay on the positive I'll, one then. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more than anything. The right. thing that people need, people, especially in commercials, I cast a lot right. of commercials. That's a lot of where my my focus often is. Uh, and people have different ideas about improv. Um, right. And improv is absolutely essential. I, I teach a lot of improv skills because it's what differentiates you as an actor in, in commercial right. casting. It's it, what allows you to be able to um, add, take direction and add to it appropriately. Right. And appropriately is a key word. Uh, a lot of improv actors have great skills. They don't know when and how and where to use it most effectively. And they come in just trying to show me how, what great improvisers they are. Uh, and they don't know how to apply it in just tiny little precise ways. And that's what, you know, it, that's what's re- required in commercials is adding little moments, uh, you know, a single word, you know, at the right time, those, those things. So, uh, often it's uh, incorporating skills training that people have, and then showing them how to use that best. Right, right. So, is it? Would you find that when you're working one on one with with a with a character with an actor, that you're working on their their ability to get casted, or that you're mm. teaching them more of, of 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 ways to open their mind up? Yeah. Yeah. So when I um, I have a class, a weekly class on Wednesday okay. nights at On Your Mark uh, On Your Mark Studios, um, oh, and that's a group a, a group class. We do a lot of on camera audition technique. Basically, you're on camera. We record. We play it back. We watch it, and and we treat it as if it's it's a regular audition, and I show you how to actually get that job in the actual process in the room that <laughs> the same room that you're auditioning right. um, in 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 the real world. So one on one though, I kind of customize what this actor needs and where they are and, and what they're trying to achieve, whether they don't have an agent or they don't have um, whatever it is it's between them and what they are, are, look, are looking to find. Um, we kind of surgically go after that and maybe take a month, make a plan uh, about an obtainable goal within a right. month and, 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 and make it happen. Oh, so, so you do goal setting. Um, 
Yeah, exactly. That's right. That's exactly nice. what it is. Um, yeah, and and I've been finding lately it's really yeah, it's really working particularly well. I'm also trying some uh, some new techniques. I'm writing another book right now, and I'm experimenting a little bit. But everybody oh, really? I'm working with, yeah. But everybody I'm working with right now comes back in a week and goes, "Hey, I just got signed with the agent. Well, I booked that job, we, you know, we just on. <laughs> and wow. and that's ex- extremely satisfying for me. I, I love results. It's got to be. Yeah, results. So let me ask you a question. You know, if I was just listening to this, this program right here and I was just listening to you right now and I had a question as an actor, what is the first thing I should do if I want to be an mm. actor? If I want to come into your studio and I want to audition for, for let's just say, for, for a commercial that is union, what's the, what's the first thing yeah. I should have? Well, let's back up. You said you're, you're uh, someone who wants to be an actor, right? And, right. Um, and I would say, yes. and I would say, um, do you need do you need to be an actor, or do you want to be an actor? <laughs> right. Would you ask that? And question? And depending on how they answer that answer that question, if you need to be an actor, I can help you. If you want to be an actor, consider that carefully. You know, there your competition here are people who need to act. They the oh. people who are. Who, who come to LA to become actors are compelled. They're driven. They're obsessed. <laughs> and uh, right. And and I like to guide the obsessed. Uh, on one hand, and the other way to look at it is that it's a hobby that you can make money at. Uh, there are two different right. mindsets, and I just like to determine which of those you, you are. Right. Um, if you if you're doing this for fun, we can absolutely have fun, and recognize that that's what that's about. And right. I would say and, and I would, say my, I, I would yeah. say my audience fits in the fits in the guidance of needs. So yeah. I would say yeah. yeah, I would say my my audience really fits in the need category. Yeah, Good. excellent. So knowing that you need this, um, it and that. That's how we're going to proceed. Um, yeah. I want you then to extract any visible evidence of your need. Right. All right. So don't lead with need. When right. you come into the room, you you don't need anything. You're you're bringing something. That's mm. the title of my book. It, my, my book is called Bring It, and the class is called Bring It. It's based on an idea, which is bring it. That's what I say mm. to everybody. Right. Everybody walks in the door. In the door, I go bring it. Right. You, because if you, if you don't, someone else will. And what a director wants is they want you to bring it here, show us what this is and what it looks like, and then they'll shape it. They'll never get a performance out of you. They, never, they don't have to. Somebody's going to bring this. Somebody's going to come in who owns this. Right. And, um, they, and it, they already know they're in this. So um, anytime you need something, you distance me from what you're bringing and right. so, uh, so when we determine you need to do this, you're going to do this, and you're gonna or die trying. Great, good. Now you're committed. Now <laughs> let's not show let's not show that in any way. Um, when you come in, you're confident, and confidence is everything. You know, right. com- confidence is is uh, more important than talent. It's mm. actually <laughs> it's, right. It's, you, you can have all all the talent in the world. And not the right level of confidence. I'll never see it. It won't get right. to me. 
um, and he's me just the right amount of confidence, a little talented, and have a big career, actually. It's just about getting it across. It's, so you have two minutes when you come into auditions to get a call back, uh, which right. might be five minutes. And then you're on set for an hour, maybe in front of the camera, and the rest of the time you're eating and you know making calls. So you got two minutes to make right. the callback happen, five, five minutes to secure the job for an hour on camera. Right. Uh, so, so it's about the real performance often is that first two minutes to, to make the callback happen. So it right. doesn't matter how your day how your day was going and how much traffic there was and whatever was bad today it doesn't exist. Whatever need you have doesn't exist. You come in, hmm. you're loose, you're ready, you're ready. You came to play. You'll play as long as we want to play, and then you'll go. Right. You don't need a don't need applause. You don't need any validation. You're just doing your thing. You came with ideas. You made choices. You um, you know your skills. And you know how to have fun. You know how to take direction. You know how to add right. to it appropriately, and then, and then go home. And then and you'll work. That that mentality makes people work because we perceive them as valuable. Right. We don't we don't, we don't see any need. You see that they brought us something. They came here to help us with our casting problem today. It's amazing how simple it sounds when you say it and how difficult it is to put into application when you're in that yeah. damn room. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Well, it is, it, it is a psychological component to it, and usually you're the enemy. Hmm. Usually the actors are, actors are getting in their way because of that need, because of that desperation. Their passion of their dream sometimes gets in the way. Um, and the dream commitment part is go, it should be in your training. It should be in everything else you do. When you come into the room, you came here for, this is a job application. And, and there's no doubt in your mind that you're the person for this. So I work a lot in, in visualizing and how when an actor, when I direct actors on set and in the room and then teaching and casting, I get them to see this. See, see this material, and and they're in it, you know, from the start. They look at the board, they squint their eyes, and they go, that, "That's me. I'm in this." Every right. time you watch TV, TV, you see something, and you go, "That's me. I'm in this." Right. And when and when you walk in the room that way, and you own this, you we you were convinced. So we don't we don't know who's going to be in this until you walk right. in. That's what casting is. We don't know whose part this is yet. Until somebody owns it and who knows that this has their name on it, they're in the credits already. Right. Do you do, have you ever had anybody that was uncastable for some unforeseeable reason that you just couldn't <laughs> see the reason why, but they just, this person just couldn't be casted yeah. if somebody threw a rock at them? Yeah, not just once, man. <laughs> um, unfortunately, uh, yes. And the and the thing that makes people unemployable as actors, yeah. more more than anything else, is uh, the inability to take direction. So, mm. um, so it's great if you have ideas. It's great right. If you, I, ex- I expect you to make choices, and if you come in, and you do something, and I have to adjust that and the director gives you a different direction and you can't adjust to that direction immediately, right. um, you're, unemployable. you're unemployable. 
you're on right. your undirect, undirectable. And in the callback, director's deciding between two people who look alike and says they're saying the line the same way, and one of them takes directions better than the other. So mm. often that's that's the deciding factor. But people people who are right. resistant resistant to direction, um, I I can't help them. I can't help right. them. It means they're, it means they're not, it means they're not listening. And if you can't listen, what? How could I help you? Right. It, it seems that that the forte for for getting casted is the same thing as being an actor in, in its most basic formula, which is communication and listening. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's a communication exchange. And you kind of said that yeah. earlier. It starts with something somebody wrote. They had an idea. Right. Somebody else, somebody else was confident in that idea to put some money into it, to have it made. Um, mm. they, they're trying to get an idea across. And now we go to casting, and that's the first time they're going to see that with humans in it, alive, and hear what it sounds like. They're trying to see if those ideas are coming across uh, to the viewer, all right? right? And that's your your job. You're the conduit of get some ideas. These ideas come into your uh, come out of one creative machine. They go into your creative machine. You pass it through yours, and you to add your part to it, and then you put it through the camera, and uh, and then deliver that. So it, it is, it's a delivery, you're part of a delivery system of ideas right. and you're the, you're the end result of it. And commercials, you'll say something, the end result of a marketing strategy. Uh, the client had an, uh, an idea and a, and a need to reach out to a different demographic and, it, and you, you get that done because you speak of that, you know, your, your read and how you come across on camera and your embodiment of that character, your, you know, your realization of that character, make right. it happen, make it happen. Um, so, so understanding your part in the process, knowing uh, what skills you need to, to eliminate. Casting is a, is, it's a process of elimination and a lot of people just eliminate themselves, you know, they, um, and many of them by, because they, they're just doing it right. I know that sounds strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, sure. They're just, they're, they're fine. So if I call <laughs> in a hundred people, a hundred people and 10 of them are um, at the wrong audition, they just are having a bad day or, uh, right. and 80 of them, 80 of them are fine. And 10 of them are brilliant and get a call back. Um, right. So those 80 people are wasted their day too. Because mm. they were they they just did it for, oh, they did it right they did, but they were afraid to make a mistake and they didn't do bring anything else to it they just took the direction they did that that's fine if you're absolutely the look you might get a call back right um, you're here you're here because you look right for it are, 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 you, are you saying that they didn't they didn't take that risk that they should have taken they, yes that, Exactly. Exactly. They mm-hmm. didn't know how to take. They didn't know how to either take direction and add to it in little ways right. to make make it happen, right. or uh, it was either fear of making a mistake or just believing that that's all we wanted. Was mm-hmm. you know you do not get you don't get the part for just saying the line and hitting the mark and smiling at the right time. That's not why we cast people. Right. We cast them because because they make this come to life. Hmm. Because they pop, they they pop, 
you know, something happens when they're in front of the camera that uh, that makes it makes it all real. Or, um, you know, and that's all anybody wants in this. Is they want it to be special. They want it to be realized. They want it to be effective, you know, emotionally and, uh, you know, intellectually. They want it to stimulate. So, um, so many people are, are just worried um, about uh, looking bad, you know, making a mistake or looking bad or falling on your butt. You have to, you have to make mistakes. Mistakes lead you actually to brilliance. You have to em- embrace right. your mistakes. Embrace your mistakes. Right. There's so many little rules, little laws in there that, that really translate in, into the world itself as well. You don't be afraid to make mistakes. You take risks. You bet. You bet. I and my my book really is meant uh, with that purpose too. Is it's more Mm. of a life a life attitude or philosophy uh, as it applies to being employed as an actor. But you absolutely can bring it to whatever. Bring it to your marriage. Whatever. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Whatever it is that you need to do today. Right. It's about being it's about being absolutely present too. You know, mm. and I'm often I'm I'm often asked what is it, you know, what is when someone comes in they have an itch. What what is it? Uh, yeah. and it's and it's presence. Um, so when, when that person, I'm sorry, I think I want to speaker on you. Um, okay. So there you go. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's presence is when someone is absolutely present. Right. They're not anywhere else. They're not thinking about the past or the future or anything else. The character is living right in front of me right now. And that becomes actually, they light up. It's transcendent because uh, people aren't like that most of the time. People, and that when an actor is completely living this, this character and the character doesn't know the future, they don't know what happens next. They're living in front of you. That's it. That's that's what that's what presence is. Um, James, what, what, what's the name of your what's the name of your up. book? What's the name of your book, oh, James? It's called Bring It. It's called Bring It. Bring It. Is, 100- it, is it on sale yet? It is. It's on. Uh, <laughs> it is on Amazon now. Amazon Kindle, and it nice. um, answers to a hundred questions that um, actors would like to ask in the room, but we don't have time to answer that day. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a great, sounds like a fantastic book. It's 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 amazing to me that so many people want to be actors, but they don't they don't take acting classes from uh, from session directors or from uh, casting agents. Uh, I mean, I, I would I would be piling in there. Well, I, I hope so. We we're we're getting popular, I believe, at the moment. Yeah. Um, and uh, there, there's space, but it often fills up. Uh, right. I'll tell you that my philosophy always was to not take acting classes from other actors, even if they're really well-known <laughs> or successful, because they can only tell you what worked for them. Right. You know, and being a, right. uh, an actor working as an actor, you have to figure out what works for you, what your thing is, what your particular method and approach is and find how that works. And it isn't the same for everyone. So right. in casting, I, I can tell you 
why people get hired over and over. I can show right. you actually why people work all the time and how to find that in yourself. Hmm. Yeah, I find that a lot of people want to do the cookie cutter acting st- story. And right. the truth is that you, you need to have your own formula. And, and like you said, you need, you need to bring it. You need to bring your own je ne sais quoi. Je ne sais quoi. That's right. You know what? Um, I, a lot of acting um, is overthought. You know, there's, yeah. it can get slowed down. The whole thing can, can become ponderous because uh, it, it's overthought. You have to learn how acting works and then forget that you need to know what's happening in the scene and then forget that and then live it. You need to learn your lines and then forget them. So I don't right. see them. So you're reading them in your head um, and no one wants to see you read. <laughs> that's, right. That's another mistake. People get very hung up on getting <laughs> every word right. And when, right. when all I want is the character, I want to see this person, this this thing that was written alive, and it's right. not a reading contest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I, I've seen that. You know, I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have, yeah. and 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 they um, get so upset about it, they comment yeah. on themselves uh, on camera. Right. <laughs> right. Well, they do. They go, oh, man, you know, oh, that was terrible. And I'm like, you know, we're still rolling, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, I loved it until then. And then you just talked me out of you. <laughs> you you now did not sell me the car. I wanted the car. Yeah. And I do not yeah. want the car. Yeah, it's interesting. Oh, you're right. Wow, you're right. I guess it did suck. Yeah, <laughs> I was pretty good up until then. Uh, so don't don't ever comment on yourself on camera, in the room, anywhere around uh, the people who are supposed to be commenting on you. Right. Um, and. And that's something uh, important that I, whenever I'm directing in any way, um, a common problem for actors is that they're watching themselves before I get to watch them. They have a monitor mm. on in, the, in their head, and they're evaluating this before it gets to me. It creates a oh. slight delay. <laughs> a slight delay between their performance and my eye is that you evaluated it first. So you got to trust whoever's on the other side of the camera. They're doing their job. They'll direct you. Your job right. is to make it happen up there and not watch it. So they're really just getting hung up on, on their own thing and then, and then kind of forgetting the entire picture. It, it, they're, they're doing a job they, don't, they're, they haven't been asked to do, which is direct right. themselves. Right. Wow. You know, and what's very interesting now in technology, so I'm I'm working with Casting Frontier a lot. I, uh, I'm a consultant with them. I produce a couple YouTube shows. Um, one of them is based on the book, Bring It, and the other one is called The Curve, where we nice. uh, interview industry professionals, and um, both are super fun. They're on, on YouTube, on Casting Frontier's YouTube channel, Bring It and The Curve. Check those out. Uh, nice. And direct both of those, and and I'm on camera with Charles Carpenter, my brilliant co-author. Um, Fantastic guy. Um, yeah. And so Charles and I do the Bring It show weekly uh, on nice. YouTube. And some of what um, I, I'm, I love, I use Casting Frontier primarily, um, especially for commercials because they have they have a lot of new technology and tools that are 
um, essential for what uh, casting the casting process is becoming, which is more and more at home. All right, so self-records and the actor having often to direct themselves at home um, is a new, a new very important part of of what auditioning and and the casting process is. So, dealing, uh, being adept at some basic technology and being equipped at home to self-record, things like that are now essential. Anybody who wants to act, they need a great headshot, they need an agent, they need to be in class, and they need to be prepared to record at home. Right. You know, I was going to ask you, do you think that ca- the casting has changed, you know, in, the, in this now present time or in the future as we know it now? But the, the interesting thing is it has changed. I mean, I learned so much from your Instagram, Instagram show that leads into your YouTube show. Yep. So mu- I've learned so much from just that little bit of knowledge. It has obviously glad. changed the game. So much. Do you f- have so have much. you felt and, that so much? Yeah. Oh, uh, man, when I got, when I got here, um, we, casting, we would draw a picture of the person and a flip book and put all the pictures together. That's, how, that's what your casting tape was? No. <laughs> 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 casting, casting, when I got here, was uh, analog. And right. uh, lots of tapes and dubs. And a very slow process. Now it's wow. entirely, entirely in the ether, digital and immediate. And yeah. um, I was fortunate to actually start my casting business on the wave of technology. So nice. I was one of the first people to use Casting Frontier. One of the first to use LA Casting and use a lot of the technology that came along with it. I was a beta tester, and I'm actually beta testing something now, which is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Right. So um, we just uh, Frontier just uh, came out with a virtual cast, which is wow. So how this goes is you get an audition time, you click on it at home in front of your nice backdrop and with good light and sound, and you go on live with me, and I'm recording it on my end, giving you live direction. So um, and you didn't go in anywhere, no traffic. <laughs> so, and that was designed to solve the problem of uh, self-direction at home, because right. when you get when you get a self-record audition request and you do this, you do your audition at home. You're directing yourself or your friend who helped you record it, and we don't know if you're, you're lucky if you got the direction, the nuance of the direction, perfectly, um, but. In the studio, you get live direction from a session director. Um, in right. a virtual, you get the same thing, only nobody had to go anywhere. So we can see a lot more people in the day. I can give it to. I can give adjustments for my clients as in in real time, um, and it's it's amazing. It's really wow. going to actually change change things radically. Right. So um, yeah, so that's pretty exciting, and it's yeah. and it's a benefit to the actor who feels sort of helpless self-recording now and not knowing if, if they did it right. Right. Now, how has, how has teaching changed now that the formula has changed as well? Now that you're teaching um, more yeah, on YouTube yeah, good, and you're question. sharing the information that way? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, the access to information is, is there. So we, a lot of what I'm, 
in the book. Charles and I talk about it, and we put it on the YouTube show, and we just put it out there, you know, in, in little bites. Um, because you can find information anywhere. Uh, the access to information, like uh, I have a, you know, my my daughter Noah is thirteen. Yeah. She 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 could navigate YouTube before she could read or write. Oh yeah. And she had access to all human knowledge before she could read or write. And um, so it isn't that there's a shortage of information. It's um, putting it into formats that are most digestible, most useful. And, but in the end, uh, being in the room with somebody can't be replaced. Right. So that's, that's why when I teach and I coach one-on-one, you can't get that on online. Uh, and <laughs> even if we were going, and I actually do a fair amount of FaceTime coaching too. Because really? That, there's still nothing that can substitute eye to eye Option, you know when right so so directors will never phone in on on facetime they're directing of a film they got to be there <laughs> right right <laughs> have to be in human contact sometimes to really make something to get everything you need to get from it right huh and, and what, what are you trying to achieve now with your YouTube show? Are you, tr- are you trying to sell more books? Are you trying to sell a series? I mean, I think it should, should be just a long series, right? Um, yeah. You know, that's, that, some of that is in play. Um, I'm, I'm involved. I wear a lot of different hats. I, uh, yes. <laughs> I have a, a couple um, uh, projects that I created that are being huh. pitched right now too. Um, I the the idea bring it as a brand. Um, I guess is the best way to answer that is. Yeah. Um, we're, we're kind of shaping what bring it uh, as a as a concept and a whole brand identity may be. And right. beyond that, I am hustling all the other things I do. <laughs> we are we are in a business of uh self promotion, which sure. is new to me in a sense. Um I finally have some, I have some people on my team now who have finally yeah. worn down my resistance to social media. Um right. and I good. <laughs> for a long long time I, good, good, I good. just resisted, you know. <laughs> I uh, always felt like I was bragging or I was bored. And yeah, I know, the now, feeling. Um, I know the importance of it and I've embraced it fully yeah. and, and enjoy that. Um, I, you know, honestly, I like to see what, and I advise this to see what's in front of you, you know, and embrace that. Often it's not exactly what you were looking for or towards, but you have to see when the opportunity is, is in front of you, what that is. And and put all of yourself in into that, you know. Um, right. People who are auditioning for commercials are looking to make a living. They're looking to get their face out there. Um, they may not be that may not be their whole dream, but they have to be fully invested in what we're going for today, and that will lead you there. You know, so I, I, I'm the same way. I, many beautiful, wonderful things have happened for me in my life that I didn't expect and I didn't plan and I wasn't even going right. for. Right. Well, what do, you, what do you think is the most important lesson you've learned thus, thus far uh, in, in, in your career as, as a, as a uh, longtime uh, session director, casting director, and what have you? Yeah. 
Demost. Pay attention. Hmm. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> really. Um, at, I, I couldn't put it any any simpler. Um, mm. And if I if I don't pay attention, I, I miss it. Right. Um, if if I'm not here, how could I, how could I be helpful to this? So whatever right. I've been hired to do, and and uh, and I I get employed to do a lot of different things. Most mm. of it has to do with um, my opinion or my um, my eyes on something. And, right. uh, if, and and if I were not paying perfect attention, how could I evaluate anything? Um, how could I even lend to anything? So, when um, you know, fear fear is always the enemy. Your projection on how this is not going to come out well or get get you what you need, you know, right. is always the enemy. And if you're really focused and paying attention, fear goes away. It's because you're too busy. <laughs> being involved with, with with what's right here. That makes complete sense. A, a lot of your a lot of your attitudes have got to be about being present. A lot of yeah. what I've heard from you the past hours is being present, being there, yeah. being activated, yeah. listening, communicating properly. Yeah, that's right. That's it. Um, but what what else is there? You know, if I were if I were projecting on what is about to happen, um uh, we should wait for that. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. We've got stuff to do right now. That's funny. It's very, it's very Buddhist. <laughs> Thank you. I, 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 that is actually where a lot of my, my thinking comes from. Um, Buddhism, huh? Uh, yeah. I, uh, I'm a, well, Buju, I believe yeah. we're called. Yeah. Bujus, yeah. That's, what, that's it, what we're called. Yeah, and, and it is a uh, sort of an ability to look at something without judging it immediately, um, yeah. and being able to look at um, as a director, I have to be. Re- it it is subjective, but I have to be objective at the same time too. I have to look at what what the client needed us to do in casting. I have to look at what right. the writer wanted me to do on set and make how to make that happen and separated from sometimes from what I want. Yeah. Right. I have to look at how to achieve what this assignment is. Um, and as an actor, that's what they have to do too. They have to, they can only run it through their own personality, through their own right. self and bring their ideas to it. But they have to honor the material. They have to achieve the material and then add to it. Um, because, that's what they're hoping for. They they want to go. Oh yeah, and it to be better than what they wrote, not just right. what they wrote, but but better. And when you do that, I've seen writers run up and hug the actor. You know, <laughs> 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 they're just so relieved that you made something wonderful happen. Um, because sometimes casting is that too. Is lots and lots yeah. and lots and lots of people doing it just okay. Right. How much do you think is luck, and how much do you think is preparation? Well, funny uh, there too. I, I just did some uh, some commercials for, for Frontier too. It's um, an idea of make your own luck, um, yeah. and and I'm a big advocate of proactivity. You know that you that you don't 
sit around going, hey, my agent's not getting me out or I can't get this and whatever, telling me why it isn't going well. Right. Uh, and we live in a time of the, the tools and ability for you to um, promote yourself, uh, to go out and make your own, make content um, are, are, are amazing. They're amazing. You know, I'm a, a filmmaker and I, um, when I made my own projects, they were painstaking and expensive and really time consuming. <laughs> and, um, and you can make stuff and put it up on YouTube and, and get your face out there. Um, right. and, and Frontier has these, um, ability to you know, self-submit if you don't have an agent. Um, right. so don't, don't complain, do it, you know, do something. Um, it's, it's maybe my most, most valuable advice. And mm. if you want to do something, you know, come come see me, come come take a class with me, um, and we'll take some time and and maybe use your energy uh, most effectively. You know, if we wanted a lot to get of people a... who are out there, yeah, they're doing it, but they're wasting, they're spinning their wheels or putting their energy in the wrong place. Oh, are they? Yeah. Is 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 that the problem? Now, what do you think they're usually doing? Are they are they usually focusing in the wrong area in their in their field? They um, may be spending a ton of money on too many headshots and um, mm. instead of knowing how to get the, the right headshot, sometimes right. part of my part of my individual coaching is about your materials. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a, a, my one of my mentors and a great friend is also my, my manager now, a guy named Stuart K. Robinson. And Stuart okay. and I have been doing some public public speaking together, but he um, has really helped me too. He's the uh, CEO of BBR Talent and VX2 Management, actor, writer, producer, director, public speaker, everything, multi-hyphenate. And uh, that's his, his advice too. It's multi-hyphenate. It's okay. It's nothing to apologize for. I have lots of skills. And I advise that. And I think I've lived my life that way too. I like doing a lot of things. And the more you, things that you know about the business, the more valuable you are as an actor in front right. of the camera. Um, but bottom line, um, on your ability to this, so this is a. I, I eventually, I always come around to the point. Here it is. Uh, the point is, and then Stuart lays this out: is um, you need. Um, I believe you and tell me your talent to a point. And then you need right. evidence, evidence of your greatness. So if you right. don't have that on a reel, you got to go out <laughs> and make something, right? Evidence I need to greatness. see it. It's so I, true. I need evidence. I need, I need proof. If you, you want to get signed, wow. agent, you want, uh, you want that agent to submit you for the job to come in for me, we need proof. Everything about acting yeah. feels a bit cruel. <laughs> it just, it just, it, it just, it just feels a Hard little work. cruel. It's like, wow. <laughs> like, it's like, wow, you're talented. Prove it. <laughs> it's like, oh, mm-hmm. damn. Wow. I don't know any field that is kind of like that, you know, in in, in your face like that. But it's yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you have a resume. You go to a job interview. You have a resume, and it tells me something that you're telling me, and I see it in writing, and I believe it to a right. point. So right. We're you're applying for a job in the visual medium. Right? right. I need to see the math. Yeah. I gotta see how you look on camera and what what it light and sound, um, and captured material 
what what's special and amazing and about you, what's unique about you, what you're telling me about you and what what you do. Uh, and I have to see it in about 15 seconds usually uh, on their reel. And I know if I see it or I don't, whether I'm going to watch the rest of it. So right. that, it, that is heartless, but you're in a, in a communication business. You're in a, right. um, a visual medium that you translate or you don't. And you can't get paid if you can't translate on camera. It's, and so uh, if you don't have that made yet or recorded yet, get your right. friends together who are also content creators and influencers and have cameras, uh, write something, make something, make a little vehicle for yourself. Um, that's right. how I started making my own shows. Uh, like 10, 10 years ago, before it was called Content Creator, I was making my own shows um, for delivery on, on an internet that was not ready to stream it yet. Sure. <laughs> wow. So now <laughs> you have all the tools, all the tools, just, uh, and, it's, and it's immediate. So, and, and I, I find that when people adjust to that idea, like I, I took um, someone I'm coaching, I took, I said, show me your, show me your Academy Award winning moment, the clip they're going to put up there when they're announcing your name. Right. And, uh, and so I made her write that. She wrote the scene. Uh, and, and um, her name's Emma Atkins, and she's great, and she's uh, new in town, <laughs> and uh, very committed. So she wrote this very great, wonderful breakdown scene, and I said, okay, great. Now let's go uh, shoot that. So we went on the Boulevard, and we shot it on my phone, and it's brilliant. And she yeah. went on, just on the street, have a beautiful little clip, and it shows evidence of her greatness. Nice. Nice. Yeah, so it's that simple sometimes, too. People go, oh, I don't have this or I don't have that. Shut up. Just, just do, go do it. <laughs> Shut up and do it. <laughs> now, now we're, we're running out of time, but, but I wanted you to yeah. tell me the story about what happened to Noah, your daughter, the other uh, night. That was, that was an incredible, right. was incredible thing to see. And, and that almost made, yeah. me, made me cry, a, a hardened criminal. It made a lot of people cry. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was, that was pretty nice. And, it was wonderful. Um, so Noah is, whew, uh, Noah's a little force of nature. She's 13, um, and she's in Le Petit Cirque, which is a Cirque du Soleil farm team. She's a hoop nice. trick. She's crazy talented, and, and uh, she loves the show Euphoria um, on HBO, and an actress named Hunter Schaefer. And Noah is a friend herself, and she identifies with Hunter completely and is her first role model. And she's been obsessed wow. with her. They look alike, actually. Noah <laughs> looks like the 13-year-old version of her. So she, it's the first time she's seen somebody like her who uh, is having a wonderful, successful life and right. um, and is happy. So right. she's got you know a lot, a ton, a lot of She's got a, a lot of challenges in life. And she's been looking, um, she's been desperate to meet Hunter. And I've been trying to find ways for her to meet Hunter and actually have some right. inroads in, in that. Um, out of the clear blue sky two days ago, uh, we're, I was in the studio casting and uh, she went 
with a friend of mine over to get lunch, and Zendaya was there, who was mm-hmm. uh, the co-star of Euphoria. Nice. Happened to be there, just right in front of them. And just she happened. Freaked out, and she's call- she <laughs> called me, and she goes, Zendaya's here, uh, but I'm leaving. I can't talk to her. I'm freaking out, and uh, I don't want to, <laughs> you know, upset her. Or whatever. I said, go back yeah. inside and, and say hi. Just go yeah. back in, say hi. She's a star. She's used to, and she did, and they embraced. And uh, Zendaya got Hunter on Facetime, and oh, uh, wow. Noah got to meet meet Hunter, and wow. it was incredible. And that's incredible. You know, miracles miracles happen. Uh, you put yeah. some intention intention out there, and it doesn't usually happen exactly the way you thought, but it happened. It manifested. And she's she's all blowing up all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> people take shots of it and clips, and and uh, they interacted with her, and she's just flying. But um, uh, you know, uh, again, we we live in a time of radical change, uh, right. good and good and bad, and right. um, the fact so many um, so many elements of that moment. Um, could never have happened in history <laughs> for so many right. reasons. Um, uh, you know, so there's a lot of negativity out there. So there's a lot of haters out there. There's a lot of um, suffering out there. Sure. Is, isn't always necessary. Um, you know, be, be joyful. Be, be present. Right. So try to, try to do, do what's in front of you. And it's just going to go better. You know, and, right. you know, back to actors, they get in their own way. They defeat themselves with sort of negative thinking. They tell themselves that they have this problem. They're always going to have that problem. No, you have that problem until now. And now, right. you know, now you don't. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we love talking to you. And, and, and I, yeah, I didn't think an hour was going to go by this fast. It went by really, really fast. Yeah, how, how, can, how, how can we get in contact with you? I mean, about okay. all the projects you're doing, uh, about YouTube videos, yes. your Instagram. Yes. Um, we need to know all these things. So um, <clears throat> Instagram is sort of the hub right now at okay. Action Casting is the handle. Um, you'll see links there on uh, how to sign up for class. There's also an event site for, um, for Bring It classes, um, and you just you just um, look up Bring It and James Levine Action Casting. Nice. Um, and um, honestly, you can find me somewhere uh, anywhere. <laughs> right. Anything related to Casting Frontier, Google it. You'll probably find me um, on actioncasting.net. So uh, right. I am. Uh, I also have no, almost no uh, ring of, you know, I like to be in, in the trenches. Uh, yeah, I think that's also unique. It's a lot of many, many casting directors don't want want to get in the trenches. I love it. I love working closely with actors, and some of that is even selfish. So when I bring you in, right. my casting looks amazing. Right. All the, right. Yeah, I trust you. I mean, I, I've I've seen you work firsthand. I trust you. You, you do a fantastic job. You. Yeah, you're Thanks, you're man. you're an amazing you're an amazing human being. Thank you, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you, and uh, oh. this was a lot of fun. Uh, Hi, brother. Um, 
again, you yeah. know, listen, go just just go do it, kids. You know, seriously, yeah. just, just do it is isn't enough. Shut shut up and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. It's, it's now. It's available. It's you. And you know, I. The last words I'll leave you with is, um, many people said yes to me in my life. Um, some people will say no, but right. stay there. Somebody's going to say yes, and 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 it and it does happen. You know, believe right. believe right. in yourself. It's going it, to, and, and it does happen. All right. Um, so thank right. you for asking me, Steve. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. It's been, been really fun. Thank you so much, sir. Have yourself a great day. Everybody, James Levine, thank you, everybody. All right. right, Have yourself a great day. (laughs) All right. Take care, man. All right. That was James Levine. James is such a fantastic person. We're going to bring in Linda Palmer right now. Linda, come on. Go to that tail end of that clapping right there. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hey, Linda. How you doing, ma'am? I'm doing great. Sounds like you had a great interview with James. <laughs> I did. I did. We, we, like, like most people, I could have just talked to them for hours and hours and hours, but we, we have our thing going on right here. Uh, now, I met you at the Sholo Film Festival. I had a great time over there, but did you had a film that, that, that premiered over there. What was the name of that film? Uh, well, actually, we had three films that were there, but the, the feature film was Turnover. And then there were two shorts that were also um, over there. One was Cat Dex and Cosi, and then Intervention. Ah, right. Intervention. I liked Intervention a lot. So Intervention was your film. Yes, I directed it. Oh and wow! I was one okay. Of the producers on it. Yeah. Yeah. So I uh, yeah I got that Sixth Sense vibe out of this, but I know you guys had a very different attitude about that. But I really I really thoroughly enjoyed that. You know, you you go to lots well, of these festivals, you. And you you watch a lot of these films, and it's difficult to get a, a vibe. On, on how right, other people's right. products are going to be. Have you have you been wanting yeah. to do this for a very long time? Oh, I've been doing it for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't want to say I didn't want to say it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's right. No, intervention was kind of a. Well, I don't know if you know much about what I've done, but no, I would love to um, know everything I, about you. Okay. Well, I'm a writer, director, producer, um, designer, production designer. And I've been yes. uh, doing working in the industry for uh, since about 1997, and I started directing in 2012 with my feature film Halloween Party. Um, nice. Since then, I've directed a couple other feature films: Last Call at Marie's, um, uh, Turnover. Seems like there's more, but maybe not. Oh, Sienna's Choice, which was Sienna's um, Choice. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was done by Janelle Tana, who stars in Intervention. Uh, That's how I met Janelle. But one of the things that I've done um, in just like the last, I want to say, three years or so, is I sort of consult other filmmakers and um, a lot of actors, writers that want to, you know, basically get their projects made. And so Intervention was one of those type of situations where I was consulting mainly the actress, Julia Silverman, who plays the mom. Um, and then she wanted to bring in Janelle because she had worked with her in Sienna's Choice. And um, they they were a mother-daughter in that film as well. And so it was just a great fit. They already knew each other. As you already know, it's a very small cast. 
uh, to put them in two small roles. And um, really, Julia wanted something to showcase her acting. And so we had talked about it, and um, she wanted to do a short. So basically, I had a couple of writers I could recommend her to. I recommended her to Dion Bannerin, who wrote it. And he literally wrote the script in one day and then did some, you know, minor modifications based on some notes with um, her and I. And then we produced it. And it's so bizarre. Like last year we were um, really working on turnover. We were finishing it up. In fact, we finished it this March. And then I had been involved in another project that I was sort of consulting on. And my husband, who's one of my um, biggest partners, was saying, you're not doing anything else this year, right? (laughs) No, no, I'm not doing anything. Because when Julie and I talked about it, she wanted to do it this June. She wanted to do it like, you know, into this year. And then one thing led to another because both Julie and Janelle worked on turnover. They got together and they were like, oh, well, we, you know, it's only a one or two day shoot. We should try and do it by the end of the year. They asked me. And so we literally shot it December 28th and 29th. Wow. I thought you said you weren't doing anything else. So it just, it's so weird that it kind of intervention just happened at the, during post-production of turnover. Wow. Really? Remarkable. Yeah. Like we were, we were in post-production. We were, you know, really getting our feature ready to be out there and, and intervention just was like, oh yeah, we'll shoot it this weekend. Oh yeah. We'll work on editing. Oh Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> a lot of the same people that worked on turnover also worked on intervention, you know, so. Wow. Now what do you, <laughs> yeah. what do you find, what do you find that, where you find that energy comes from that constructive, not destructive energy that you have that it, that allows you to be this energetic and productive. Um, well, thank you. Um, I, you know, I've always been, well, I worked in sales for many years for about 20 years when I was younger, I worked in electronic sales and um, that's a very young industry anyway. I mean, guys that are installing car stereo right. alarms, you know, across the country. And even the guys that own the shops, even, you know, they're in their usually 40s to 60s. And they're audiophiles. And they're still very young at heart. But I think that there's just something about the energy of, of um, being excited, exciting people, seeing something come to, you know, some sort of art you know, um, come to fruition, um, seeing someone recognize a dream that they have, which is one of the reasons I like consulting, um, because I'm not totally committed to that project. Like, I, it's not mine. I don't own it. I'm not responsible to the people that, you know, are putting the money into it. What right. I'm bringing to it is the knowledge and a lot of times the team uh, to help them get it made and so that they can take it out and they can market it. And then they see me do it. And I obviously, you know, help them along with it. Um, so that, you know, I, I just find I've, I, I get a lot of energy from that to be around people that really want to do something and be motivated. I also get a lot of energy from new people, people that want to get started in the industry. So I, I like right. to work with a lot of people that haven't been in the industry for a long time and they're jaded and they have bad attitudes and they want to get paid for everything. And, you know, they're watching the clock and, you know, that, that, that to me, that drains it. I like people mm-hmm. that, you know, that are, uh, want to be on the team. They want to do it. They're not that I'm looking for people to work for free, but they, they just are working to get the project done. And, right. and they just want to see the, you know, they, they want to see their creativity 
you know, on on the film. And so I, I think that's a big part of it is I, I like to inspire people. Mm-hmm. I'd say people say I'm a bit of a cheerleader, although I never did. I was never a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> I always played the fourth. I was never a cheerleader. I, I guess never that's a little bit of that. I've been, yeah, I, I've, been a, I've been a part of a lot of teams. Right. You cheer, you cheer for each other. Yeah. 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 You kind of cheer your team member on. Everyone's trying to help everyone win, you know, and and so I, I guess I feel like that when I'm working with people. And I also like to have that. Uh, sort of feeling on set. So I like to work with a lot of people that have really positive attitudes and, and, you know, that are out of the box thinkers and that kind of stuff. Right. You know, before we talk about turnover, let's talk about one of your first films. Now is your first film switch? Was that your first film that you worked on? Uh, Yes, that was um, a really interesting situation. I had written a script that had done fairly well in like the Nichols. I think it was a quarterfinalist or a semifinalist in the Nichols, which at the time being one of my first projects I wrote felt like that was really good. And so it was a feature. I wanted to um, produce it because I didn't have any desire to direct. And um, so I had connected with a storyboard artist and I was going to produce the first 10 minutes of it so that I could use that as a tool to, raise money for the feature, which I thought would be about a million dollars. And it was right. mostly a one location shoot. But that, those were the days of film. I mean, we shot it on 16 and, you know, my storyboard artist I brought in, he was a writer director and also storyboard artist. So he had a lot of really great ideas about shots and different things that I hadn't really thought about. And so I ended up letting him direct the short mm. piece. And after we did that, we kind of partnered um, for a while where we were attached as a director-producer team. Ultimately, it didn't really work out because I mm. realized later on that um, he had doubts about what he could do. And right. so I, I didn't realize, realize it, but I was fighting. You know, Again, I was cheerleading. I was like, oh, yeah, we could do this, we could do that. And I didn't realize that he wasn't as... Um, Confident? I guess confident yeah about whether or not it could get done and so that led to a lot lot of things not happening and it's unfortunate because that was really like the first five years and I was in my 20s and it's like you know Hmm. I had a ton of energy at the time and also I was very very successful as a salesperson so I was I just had a lot of confidence myself and could get people on the phone and get things done and so I think going through I was like I just wasted five years, you know? And so I, after that, I, you know, it wasn't that I necessarily partnered, but you know, the next director I worked with, um, Todd Wade, we did a few films together. Um, look at me. He directed, then he directed, uh, we were partnered to do a film called October 30th, which ended up not getting done, but it's an amazing, um, script and project. And I'm attached as a production designer on that. Actually, another director, but yeah, but then Todd did, uh, and I did the wedding video, which is a fun, really great, fun little comedy. And I just realized, he used to tell me, you know, you're because I designed those projects. Mm-hmm. I love just, I wanted to be creative. I didn't want to just be the person that, you know, brought elements and was like overseeing the project and just doing the right. producing part of it. Part of it. I mm-hmm. wanted to actually be part of putting something on the screen that was creative. And uh, a lot of people don't think about design, you know, in 
low budget stuff. And, and so I found that that was my way to be creative. And, and he would always just say, you're just a frustrated director. <laughs> so, so shortly after that, I was like, okay, well, maybe I should just direct. Maybe I should just direct my own stuff. <laughs> no, it's like, okay, clearly that's right. And I think, honestly, I think I just didn't know. Like, I didn't know how to direct. I hadn't done that before. I didn't yeah. really go to filmmaking school. You know, like, I sort of learned by doing. So it was right. like I looked at people that were directing, and I just said, oh, yeah, they have a lot more skills than I do, and I don't really understand the whole part of that. But ultimately, that wasn't the case. Directing to me, I mean, honestly, the only reason I direct is because I know I can direct and really control the project and the budget more than somebody else. Not that I can do it better than somebody else, but I know what right. I can do so I can control it. So if I have a, right. a low budget, which is what I worked in, I can't afford to hire somebody that could potentially cause it to go over budget. You know, right. and so so that was... Um, that makes complete fact, sense. Second, yeah, so the second person that told me that, that I should just direct, is I had auctioned a project called Last Call of Murray's, and okay. we had had a lot of directors come and go during, like I was working on that project for close to 10 years trying to get it done. So we had people attached, actors attached, we lost actors, money attached, lost money, directors attached, lost directors, producers attached, you know, it's just, a, it's right. A, it's all about timing, you know, and, and so it just didn't ever gel. And at one point, um, two of my producing partners, we'd lost their director said, you know what, you have such a clear idea of what you want this picture to be that you should direct it yourself. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, maybe I should, you know, and that's, and so a, that's a nice nod. A, when somebody gives you that nod, that's a nice nod. Yeah, and I, I guess because I had directed commercials, I directed very small things or like okay. promotional videos or things like that. Right. So I mean, it wasn't like I didn't ever do that. I just did everything, right? Right. <laughs> but, right. But I right. looked at feature. Yeah, but I just looked at features like, okay, that's a lot more than doing a thirty-second commercial or a couple-minute, you know, five-minute promotional thing or how-to sure. video or whatever. And so. Um, what I did on Murray's was I sat down over about a three month period where I wasn't working on a project and I literally storyboarded the entire pic, the entire thing. And I did oh. that because it was, it, it's 13 people in a room. It's, it's about, right. it's about 13 people that end up getting trapped in a bar during a blizzard. And mm. um, it's about how their lives change overnight and people that come together don't necessarily leave together. And um, so it all happens in this, inside of a small bar, a karaoke bar. The whole right. movie. And so, nice. you know, my my biggest – oh, it, it's fun. I mean, there's a lot of great, great talent in it. John Savage, Michael Gross from um, Tremors and Family Ties, Paula J. Parker from Hustle and Flow, a um, lot, lot of great people in it. Um, but nice. anyway, a lot of great new people too. But um, what I was afraid of is because there's 13 people moving around in a room, If I and I knew I wasn't going to be filming, you know – obviously um, in, the, uh, in order is what I want to say, you know, from start right. to finish, because you never do that. Like that's very rare. You ever do that. So yes. because I would be, yeah. Right. So because I knew I would be moving around and going from one scene to another, I wanted to make sure that the background was there and I just didn't, I was totally freaked out that I would 
my continuity would be awful <laughs> because I was like, <laughs> one, one minute someone's dancing there and then you cut away and then you come back and they're not dancing there like the couple just disappeared. Right. <laughs> I right. Like, right. So, I, so I literally had to like storyboard the whole thing. But um, even from the point I storyboarded until we actually, the film actually did come together was like another five years. Yeah. So it changed a little bit. And I didn't use the storyboards exactly, but I had the confidence that I felt like, okay, I know where people are going to be because I kind of went through it in my head. I was like, okay, they're going to move. I just had seen it in my head because I storyboarded it. And um, so that was a great exercise for me to get confidence in myself that I probably could handle it. Yeah. Yeah. Where did you go from there? Uh, so uh, one of my questions really is going to roll backwards. Whereas yeah, I was going to ask James the same question, but I didn't really have the time for it. Whereas I believe mentors are incredibly important. Did you mm-hmm. have a mentor in your life that, that led you in this direction or at least helped you out while you were in this direction? Um, hmm. I, no, I didn't have a mentor like a lot of people have mentors. And I totally agree right. with you. I think a mentor is great. And I feel like I'm mentoring people now. And when I consult, you know, like right. I'm a consulting producer or whatever with them, I'm sort of mentoring them and showing them that they can make a film. You know, they can do it. Um, but I didn't really have that. I always have worked outside the industry. Um, mm. In other words, I haven't really had a job in the industry. I've always made my work. So um, it's a little difficult. I mean, because I was really successful when I was young as a salesperson, I didn't, you know, I I always say I should have used that sort of talent that I had there in the industry somehow, whether I would have been an agent or a manager or just somebody, even worked in distribution or something selling the product, selling the people, the creativity, you know, because there's not really a difference between selling. If you can sell, you can sell a part or you can sell a person, you know, it's, it's about how excited you get and about, you know, how much you believe in that product or person and the connections you can make or the places you can place them or whatever. So I think if I had um, the support back then uh, just personally to do it, I probably would have made a change to leave the industry sooner, but I didn't. I spent 20 years in that industry and, right. and um, I, you know, I liked it, but I, I think it really took a lot away from me as far as developing all the um, peers that you'll work with. I mean, because right. this is a very, it's a, this industry is driven by who, you know, so right. if you don't know people, then you can't get things done. And getting to know people over the phone is not the same as working with people on projects where they see you and they see what you can add and they see the value of you. And so I felt like I had started late, which is why I I just decided to start doing things myself. I felt like at the age I entered it, I couldn't enter in a mail room. You know, Hmm. people would be looking at me like I should be producing because I could produce, I had produced, you know, so why would I go work in a mail room? <laughs> I mean, I probably could have moved up faster in a mailroom. <laughs> right, right. You know, so so that was a. It probably would have helped me to have a mentor, but you know, eventually I got into some um, groups and, like Film Independent and Women in Film, and you know, started meeting people there and 
So what motivated yeah. you? What, what was the first motivation to get you in film? I mean, there has to be something out there. Uh, writing. I mean, I've been writing hmm. for a long time. I, my initial thing I wanted to do was I wanted to be a um, a reporter and, and more like a... Oh, journalist. Uh, yeah, journalist. And and huh. really, I wanted to be a, a foreign correspondent. That like that was when I was young. I wanted to be Jeez. a foreign correspondent. Then that's I, hardcore. Then I to, yeah, right. I mean, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on the front lines covering Jeez. stuff. That's what I wanted yeah. to do. I didn't want to like okay. work, work for a paper and be like a TMZ reporter. <laughs> 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 that's wrong with that. I'm saying that wasn't what I wanted to do. But absolutely. But yeah, but so I took a lot of journalism courses when I was uh, got into college. And then I started taking some broadcast stuff and radio and uh, TV production. And just this, you know, I saw myself on camera. I'm like, no, that's not what I want to do. I don't, I'm not comfortable with me on camera, but mm. I really love the process of creating. And right. so that kind of drove me to more of like, well, maybe I should do something more narrative or telling stories a different way. And mm. so then I went about, just, oh, producing little things, and then they just got a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. But, you know, when I first first started, like, producing things, I started producing commercials for the companies I worked with or, or other companies in the same business, you know. So right. um, I had a talent to do it, and I just did it for people I knew. So it was – that's – again, it's – I was creating work outside of normal channels of creating work. Like I, I didn't work right. at an ad agency doing that, which I should have, like, that's another great way I could have gone, you know, got a start in the business is to go sell it an ad agency or, you know, be an, a producer for an ad agency. Right. So there's a lot of, um, there's so many ways to get in the business, but even if you do it the way I did, which is you get into the business yourself, like producing. <laughs> right. 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 You know, it's just, yeah. It's just, it's a longer and I think a little bit harder road, but if you pick good material, then that road, you could get to a destination faster, I guess. Right. And now how many festivals have you been to before, before I saw you? I mean, how many festivals have you gone to in in your, in your career? Um, well, I didn't really start going to um, festivals um, to the extent that people do now in the way that I talk to people about how they should. Um, yeah, they're the different now. Until I, yeah, they are. I, I did a short film called Our Father, which is probably the best thing I've ever done in my life. And it's, you know, when you do something and you just go, nice. that's going to be hard to beat. You sure. Know, that, that's the one thing that's going to be hard to beat. And it's yeah. just like everything came together. It's based on a true story. Um, it deals with, a family that's taking care of their estranged father who has dementia, who happens to be Michael Gross. And he's like, he, it's a dark, pretty dark film. So hmm. for people to see Michael Gross in a dark film, they're like, Holy yeah. cow. I <laughs> would have never thought of him in that role, but he just kills it. And then the guy that plays opposite him is just as intense who plays a son and you, you're just riveted. In fact, what people would tell me all the time is it's like, watching a train wreck and you just can't turn away from it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it is very, Those are the it, best it films. Is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, and, and, and one of the things I love about it, uh, there's so many things I love about it, but it all takes place in a bathroom, literally like a, I don't know, 10 by 12 room. And there's mm. a couple of flashbacks that are also in very small spaces. Wow. And, yeah. And so 
It's very claustrophobic. But in the, very. In the main bathroom, it has a wall and mirror. So literally, like, I totally expected <laughs> to be at those film festivals and people are like talking to me about technically how did you do that film and not see the camera? Like, what was the budget? Like, how did, you know, right. just, how did you shoot, you know, I, to get all that. But that wasn't the case. We, we fundraised to, to do the film and 90% of the money that was raised for the film came from caregivers. And oh, then, wow. then we raised money to do festivals and literally all of that money came from caregivers and wow. and we did several campaigns and that was what we noticed that that was our audience and people were just like you know this film shows what how hard it is to be a caregiver it shows it's realistic it's hard to watch like honestly if somebody has somebody if if you're taking care of someone right now with alzheimer's or dementia it's probably not the film for you to see because right. it, I, we've had people walk out of the film just because it's, it's too hard you know, they, right. they can't deal with it. Like one guy walked out um, in one festival and uh, one of our um, crew members went out to see if he was all right. Because he was like in the front row. He just stands up and yeah. walks out pretty quickly. And so our crew member went out there and saw him and he was um, upset. Hmm. And um, so he went up and he says, hey, buddy, you know, is everything okay? He goes, you don't understand. He goes, that's my life. And I didn't come to a movie to, like, see my life. Right? <laughs> and, right. and so, you know, he's like, oh, hey, Jeez. can I buy you a beer? You know? And so, like, when I, that's what I mean. Like, it's, it, it is so riveting. I really, I encourage you to watch it, Steve. I think you would find it just so incredibly powerful. But so that film really is what um, got me in the festival circuit. And we Mm. um, went to probably like 36 film festivals and won a bunch, no, 23 film festivals and won 36 awards through all of those. And um, yeah, so we did that over a year. And then from that film, then I kind of, was in the festival circuit circuit and went to a lot of the same festivals or tried to go to a lot of the same ones with some of some of my other films. But, you know, then, but along the lines, I mean, you really sort of develop a plan based on what your film is. So right. like I had another film I did called passage, which is a real female centric, all female cast crew um, that made it. And so we entered a lot of festivals that were female oriented in, the, right. in Our Father, we entered a lot of festivals that, you know, we felt like um, were, they, uh, what's the word, that they were looking for material that had to do with a cause of some sort, or like, if we could, some, something that there was a category it might fit in. Um, and so that's kind of, and like, even with Cat Dex, it, that's the same thing. It's not your, it's not your standard short. Um, in fact, it's more of a, what we do with Cat Dex is we have a feature film about mm-hmm. a female, um, veteran who's like a female Rambo who's hunting poachers <laughs> in Africa, Tarantino style. So it's nice. very badass and she's a kick-ass kind of her- heroine and you, you just, you look at that and then there's a lion in it and then her buddy. And it's, it's just like this big buddy picture. And it's sort of <laughs> like a, it, it's a, it's a great film, but I mean, we could never afford to do it. So what we did was we wanted to um, 
we wanted to film some moments in it that we could cut into a sizzle reel so that we could pitch it. And so we filmed about, I want to say about seven, eight pages of the story and ended up cutting nice. it together and, and decided, well, maybe we'll try and put it out there in some festivals that have like animal categories, like, you know, protecting animals or something, <laughs> see how, how it works. And, um, and it started getting in festivals. So like, nice. I, I'm, I'm surprised it got in, <laughs> it must've been in at least 10 festivals. And I right. never, ever would have thought that film would have been in a festival. Not because it wasn't worth it. I mean, everyone that's ever seen it, like it does not fit in a festival because it's so polished. It has a lot of, um, you didn't see the show though, did you? The Which one, one about the lion? No, yeah, I yeah. did not. No. Yeah. So, so. It, so it has a ton of VFX and um, stock footage that hmm. we used to put it together. So it looks like we were shooting in Africa. We actually right. shot one day on the guy that owns the lion, the, the trainer. We shot one day on his property, and then we shot one day in a green screen um, area. Oh. And so literally the film is filled with stock footage of Africa. Nice. <laughs> and and it's so it's so seamless, like you can't tell between the between the ability of the um, well the DP and then the ability of the colorist to mm-hmm. to create the same look throughout was pretty incredible. I mean, and we actually had two different people that colored it. Um, the first team that colored it did a fairly good job, but we still all felt like I have two partners in that. Um, Lena Fassett and uh, Dion Van Roo and her both are also uh, writer, producer, creators with me on it. But um, we all felt like it just, there was just something that wasn't quite right. And so we went to another colorist, um, a guy, Peter Swartz, that teaches color. Uh, he has right. a place called Color Space Studios. Okay. And he spent literally like maybe two hours with us and did some things with it that totally changed it and it is just <laughs> seamless right and people are like they're shocked that when we say we didn't that they're like did you go to africa in fact it got in a <laughs> film festival called the african film festival in dallas which <laughs> is an amazing fe- festival i mean sir, in, in fact that's the other thing we did we literally entered festivals that had to do with africa right because we felt like Jeez. okay the story takes place there right and <laughs> and so but it was so weird i mean it just it looks like a big giant Quentin Tarantino picture, right? right. It's just out, outrageous as far as like the quality. So it's, it definitely doesn't fit what you see. Like intervention is a complete film festival picture, right? You know, just like our father is, you know? So <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we're, we're running out of time really fast, but let's, let's talk about turnover because that was a, that was a great <laughs> film. I really enjoyed watching that. Thank you. Uh, t- tell us, you know, how did that come to be? How'd you come to direct it? How'd you come? Did you write the film yourself as well? Yes. Um, remember back when I said I was doing that picture called Last Call at Murray's? That's right. <laughs> that I, yes. That I ended up not, yeah, I ended up um, giving it back to the writers because at one point it just, it had it happened in like, I don't know how many years. And I was just like, yeah. it's unfair to keep it. Maybe you guys could do something different with it. So I gave it back to them. And literally within about a year after that, I wrote Turnover. It was in 2009. And, um, then I, I hadn't really worked on it since then, uh, until about 2017. We partnered with two of my producers that worked on Murray's. When, so Murray's came back to me. We ended up doing it. Everything fell in place. 
Um, so, so two of the producers I worked with, we all felt like we wanted to do another film and they had read turnover. They both really liked it. And so um, we decided that I, we would bring on another writer that I'd worked with on Halloween party. And she did um, just a little bit of um, work on some of the characters and that didn't have some dialogue just to, you know, make them more appealing to older actresses because we, I had just um, written the characters in and I was going to have the actors do a little bit of improv, but we felt like if we wanted to get some actors of note that giving them some great lines and, you know, a story arc, they might be more compelled to do that. And so we did Donna Mills. Donna Mills is one of those characters and Beverly Todd, who's, um, you know, done her fair share of work in like bucket list. And I think she's on Mm -hmm. a TV show right now. Um, are both in it, but um, as well as Ellen Gerstein, who I've worked with, and she's just incredible. But um, so uh, Lorray did a bit of a polish on it and kind of, right. you know, just uh, gave a little bit more heart to some of the characters. And okay. then we cast it. You know, we put a breakdown out, started raising money, and literally within about two years, we were filming it. And we shot um, 11 days in a restaurant near our house. We used our house for like the production area. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, um, so from about, writing to production was, was two years. Well, no, cause I did in 2009. So it was about okay. 10 years. Okay. Yeah. You know, cause I, there was like, I was doing stuff in between, but you do when know we stuff. sat down with it. Yeah. <laughs> when we, okay. when we sat down and we started working on it, it was about a two year from the time we built, you know, made our LLC, raised the funds and started right. casting and actually shooting. It was about two years. Right. And nice. literally we shot between August and um, January. We shot one day. Uh, we were done actually in November, but then we came back and did one couple extra scenes that we felt like would be really, um, do you remember the scene where uh Carlos, who plays Miguel the cook, goes to take yeah. care of his Wella. That yes. was a scene that we picked up in January. And okay. then the, the opening and the making of the turnover, we also shot that in January. So, oh. um, yeah, because we had, you know, there was, we were going back and forth about how we wanted to open it, what we wanted to do, and we had some different ideas. And then we ended up um, settling on that for a variety of reasons. But one of my producers, Ray Davis, her, her husband's the one that came up with the idea of, well, why don't we just show the making of a turnover? I'm like, that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, just, it's so funny. There's so many, there's so many things in it that are moments that other people added. And as much as I'd love to take credit for it because I'm a writer and director and producer, it really has so many things that are other people's work that they brought in into it. From right. the actors doing improv to, you know, our other producers having ideas that I thought were great ideas and implementing them. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I... Well, the, I ri- the way the script was originally written was the main character was a little more gruff, was he not? Yes, he was. He, he was. I probably said that in the Q&A. Um, because <laughs> I, I had written him um, a little harsher, you know, and so right. that you could see his transformation. I want to make sure you saw the transformation of him being harder and then becoming softer with this new crew. And Paul didn't really think that needed to be there. He thought the the he thought that if we changed the way that Peter was and made him a little a little more indecisive, he would be a little more likable. His main thing was he thought Peter would be unlikable 
at the, in the right. opening. And if you didn't like him in the opening, you wouldn't be into his story, which I totally agreed with. So, right. you know, it was like a little back and forth, like, cause I didn't see the character being unlikable, but I could see how that might happen if the, if it was portrayed the wrong way. And right. so we did, like, like Paul has said in other things that we've been in, you know, he and I talked a, a lot about different things and then just, you know, he's a pro like, and, and I, I feel this way as a director with all actors, especially as a writer. I write something, but I don't put a huge amount of time and energy into their backstory um, other than what I need for the story. I feel like when the story goes to an actor and they start their preparation as far as like finding who their character is and why they do the things they do and who is in their world and why they're at this place in their life, that they're going to put way more into it than I ever would. And so like, that's what they bring to the project. They bring that character fully fleshed out and they'll bring, like, they know what the character's thinking. They know what the character would do. So if you let them improv, like they're there in that, in the mind of that character. Um, This is what I found anyway, with a lot of stuff I've done. And I really am a huge fan of letting an actor do the things they want to do and also like if and 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 doing the things I want to do so if I felt like there was something I really wanted to see I'm like hey can you try it this way but then we definitely can do it your way too so I it starts to like, show it starts to show the importance of casting yeah like that's the biggest thing if you cast the character that is the character like if the person you cast is who you picture regardless of what they how they act on set you've already like crossed one huge hurdle. And then once they're on set, once they've done their work and you kind of guide them, then I don't have to worry about it. Like they just letting them be is amazing. In fact, um, Kat Kramer, who plays Fran, um, Peter's hmm. ex-wife, um, she didn't have a lot of acting background. In fact, I don't even think I saw a reel of her work um, we brought her on. Oh, really? She's the yeah. She's the daughter of Stanley Kramer. Um, incredible, incredible. <laughs> obviously, writer, director, producer, <laughs> and and she does a lot of um, work that is similar to well. Well, she um, honors films that uh, have social relevance and that add something to the world in a series she has called Cat Kramer's Films to Change the World. And nice. she is an actress. She's she's done things like that. But she's done a tremendous amount of theater, but you don't have a reel for theater, right? And so I didn't have any doubt that she could do it. And honestly, the biggest thing is she just, in my mind, looked and fit the character. Like who I, like if I was just going to say, oh, which character are you? She would definitely be Fran. And, <laughs> and then during the reading, we all got to see that she actually really was Fran. You know, like that's nice. when she brought it and just, we were so so elated at what she brought to that and then she <laughs> totally brought it in the film and you know won a best she's won a best supporting um award at the love international film festival for, for nice. her. so you know she yeah she really is phenomenal in it and you know she's an unlikable character she's the she's a negative character between her and the manager that hires the whole crew of misfits right they're the right. ones that you love to hate but but they both do such a great job yeah, she, well, she comes out in the so, end. Yeah. She, yeah. She, yeah, she tries to um, redeem herself. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, she does a good, she does she does an okay job. She does an okay job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, who did you like the best in it? Who did you like the best? You know, the the young the young actress who had the black the the, the gothic makeup. She was okay, a standout Pepper. star to me. Yeah. yeah. What's her name? I uh, her her real name is Isabella Blake Thomas. Okay. Um, she does her her and her mom actually do a lot of work together yeah. they have a, uh, I think their production company is mother daughter productions but um <laughs> yeah she's she's one of my favorite characters i just i yeah. really identify <laughs> with who she is and just being right. trying to find you know she's trying to find herself and right. for the people that haven't seen it yet um she's just a a, a young girl really um trying trying to find herself and she uses art as her expression. And so that like, I look at her and she's a, she's a blank canvas and she just colors yes. herself. However she feels that day. Right. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. But she's just really having a, a, a time trying to right. di- find who she really is. I, I felt like she was, the, I felt like she was the most honest. I mean, just the way she described yeah. herself or the way that she came across, yeah. she was, she was pretty honest about how she felt about things yeah yeah it's a great character i you know there's i think that everyone did such a great job and one of the reasons i asked you that is i love asking that um to any audience you know seeing who people loved and it's and it's such a it's a it's a great exercise to find out that it's a cross-section people Hmm. in audiences love many right. people in it you know it's it's like they that's love important miguel. yeah they love yeah. miguel they love uh, people Louis. love miguel love yeah. Pepper. yeah oh yeah you know and they just they love gladys you know they love peter it's <laughs> it, it and so it's it really is a great um it's a great film for community you know and and we hope that in our release which is going to be a little alternative compared to some releases we're using the platform tug.com so yeah. that people can request the movie to be played in their a theater near them uh, through the, through 2020. And um, what we want to do is we want to set it up with our producers. So some of our producers in the film uh, work in um, conjunction with some charity, whatever they want to work with, but probably one of the charities that we've aligned with, uh, which is like national down syndrome society or arc or something like that. But or really anything like the Homeboys, for instance, a group that helps, you know, get ex-cons back into, uh-huh. you know, the workplace and everything. But Homeboys just really is a great, whatever great organization. Great organization, right? And so yes. um, we want to really promote that and have the the film just be able to be seen across the country and actually do something good for for communities, you sure. know, and and then let that that. Um, success of raising money be the thing that people start to see and recognize in the film that it does actually, that the film actually can help bring people together and not be, you know, especially during a time that um, things are so divisive and sure, just hard. Well, that was interesting thing about your film was your film was, a, was a beacon of light, <laughs> you know, it was very positive. Oh, it showed a lot of multifaceted human beings. Uh, it, it looked like America in a movie, <laughs> basically. Thank and it was, you. It, it you was know, a lot of people say that. Yeah. yeah. And, and I didn't, honestly, I didn't think it would um, do well in festivals. 
I thought that because it's um, it, it's won a lot of best comedy, a lot of best family um, awards and audience awards because it is light, you know, and right. and so if you look at festivals, most festivals tend to like darker material, big dramas and stuff like sure. that. And so, you know, I felt like if it came down to that they're picking, you know, what's going to be a, the very few films that are actually selected for festivals and you have a bunch of great dramas and then you have some great fun stuff, it's going to go to the dramas. So we probably right. won't get in. But, you know, again, if you know, what we ended up doing was we ended up submitting to a lot of festivals that had family categories or that had comedy categories so that, you know, if, if there was a chance, then that would be the thing. So you have to really know, you have to do so much research in every respect of this industry from the creation of the idea to, you know, who the right audience is that you're trying to make it for, who are the right people that are going to be the right people for the team, who's the right cast, what's the right magic and the chemistry, you know, what's the right distribution model, the right, you know, way to get it out, the right festival plan, you know, everything is a, it takes a lot of research and, and just, you know, I think you have to spend the time to do that, to have a successful launch of anything that you do. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, you have to put that time in. Linda, it was great talking to you. I mean, you, well, you've given us you. a lot of great, great advice. We loved hearing about your film. Now, how can we reach you and how can we, how can we see more product or projects that you're working on right now? Probably the best thing to do is to go to Runaway Productions um, okay. with an S, dot TV, like television, runawayproductions.tv. And that's my, my website. Um, okay. There's a couple of things I was going to mention on it. I, I have a Patreon page. So okay. uh, people can go to my Patreon page. And I have this student thing, it's like 20 bucks a month, where we are um, making a film together. And right. I have a new a series I'm working on called Civil Disobedience. It's a web really? series. And so, yeah, it's, it's so awesome. We're so excited about it. But when nice. you... Um, we're going to film our first episode in January. So what's happening with my students is basically I, you know, I'm giving them all kinds of steps, all the steps I'm going through to make our first film. And then once a month we talk um, in a group and it's not recorded anything. I'm just, I answer their questions about what they're going through in that process. And if I can't get to them all, then I just answer them separately. But um, it's, it's really a way for them to kind of get encouraged and inspired by the things I'm doing in their own projects. Mm-hmm. And right. so I'm having a lot of fun with that. I mean, it is a lot of work and everything, but it's uh, mentoring on a different level because you're out there where not only can I help people now, but anybody can sign up at any time, at any level. Nice. How do we do five dollars to well if, if again if you go to runawayproductions.tv okay. um there's a we'll link find it there, on there to go to my yeah, and and then we also have a podcast called Bat Chat. So I I do that Ooh. with one of my producing partners, Ray Davis, and and um, that's all anything Halloween, anything entertainment Halloween, you know, is what Bat Chat's about. We both, nice. um, yeah, we we have a Halloween um, addiction, you might call it. My husband <laughs> and I got married on Halloween. She had oh, the Halloween really? business. Yeah, so like it's just like. 
everyone from like um, actors that are in you know movies about Halloween or whatever, or decor sure. people, or you know like people that are just you know companies that offer Halloween products, or you know haunts, um, just every anything that has to do with that. So, so there ends up being a, like a nice crossover too with entertainment because there's people that do special effects, but they also work on haunts or obviously people do makeup and, you know, for Halloween, but they also do makeup in the industry. Right. Um, I'm also working on another little short called Nakusa with um, actually Kat Kramer's sister, uh, Jenny Kramer. It's uh, she's a pianist and, um, oh. and uh, she's doing this fantastic piece. It's very avant-garde. Uh, and I'm kind of consulting her. So that's kind of some of the stuff I have going on. But, um, yeah, Wonderful. just stay in well, do, do you have an Instagram that we can, we can also follow you in? Oh, yeah, that's, that's also on the same page. So you can oh, nice. my Facebook, my Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, my YouTube channel. Sweet. Which I give tips on my YouTube channel. So, like, if you just go to runawayproductions.tv, everything's there. And I try and yeah. keep it updated with, you know, the newest things I'm doing. Obviously, you can get hold of me there and everything but oh. um yeah it's okay. thank you so much for joining us today we we, we had, oh, thank uh, you we for had having such a, me. it was a pleasure having you on thank you so much well i'm so glad i got a chance to meet you and i'm so glad that you had a chance to see turnover and intervention. Oh, turnover what, turnover um, and intervention intervention no intervention what was the, the lead actress from that um it, it, janelle tana and julia silverman janelle tana yes. was the daughter yes and um yeah, and then Julia Silverman was her mom. Right, and she, and the mom was also in Turnover, right? Yes, she was. Actually, yes. both of them were in Turnover, but um, the yes. mom plays Gladys, the waitress. Nice. And uh, Janelle does a, a brief little um, part as Peter's doctor, doctor. who tells him that right. he, yeah, that he better change or things are not going to go. <laughs> you you know, I have a theory that I, I brought to her attention that, that maybe, maybe she was the cause of his, of his, of his trauma, but I'll, I'll bring her on the radio show and have a conversation with, with ourselves. <laughs> oh, you definitely have to do that. I, I mean, you know that she she ended up becoming the Maxim model, right? Oh, yes, she, she did, yes. She's like, yeah, she's incredible. And it's like, I mean, the, the promotion that she has around that, but she's also a runway model. She's also yeah. like a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she doesn't have a shortage of things she's done. <laughs> that that's for for her young life. She there is no shortage for sure. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, well, thank, thank you so much, Linda. Yeah, no yeah. problem. And and I you know I hope that you enjoy some you know some of the other work I've done. But I would definitely I encourage anyone to go to runawayproductions.tv and follow it. And if anyone just seriously for now to see the first work, watch Our Father first. And then after that, I think you'll be pretty hooked on seeing the different things that we're, we're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. And, oh, and we, I, I really hope you join us, join us again. Oh yeah. Let me know anytime I'd love uh, to. All right. That was Linda Palmer. Thank you, Linda. Have a great Thank day. Thank you so much. You too. Bye-bye. There we go. Oh, we got off by the skin of our teeth, everybody. Oh, we're so close to disconnect time. I wonder if Claire Deloon will play all the way through. Well, that was a great day. 
That was Linda Palmer right there. Turnover was her film. Let me see. Some more of the turnover. Intervention as well. Love Intervention. I liked Intervention a lot. Turnover was her film. Don't forget about James Levine. James Levine was uh, on the first hour. And his show is called Bring It on YouTube. Bring It. His book is called Bring It. Now he's from Action Studios. Usually work out of On Your Mark Studios in Studio City. What a great day. Talking to great people about great subjects. Stay positive, everybody. Stay hopeful. Can only get better. Well, this is your host, Steve Pisa, on Cinephiles Radio. Thank you so much for joining us today. And have yourself a great weekend. Take time to love one another. <laughs>